0: Welcome into to another episode of a Cali Green Monster show. I am your host, Dean Ryan, coming to you here from the Tesla Studios in beautiful, sunny San Diego, California. It is a Monday morning, April 5th, 2021. Got a nice show for you guys here on this Monday morning. Saturday was the two games for the Final Four. Those happened, so I'm going to be able to talk about those a little bit and kind of preview tonight's national championship between Gonzaga and Baylor, so there's a little spoiler from the review of those games. There was also a big UFC match matchup that's announced for this uh, the big card in July, UFC 264. So it's going to be headlined by a trilogy fight that I think we're all going to be pretty pumped and looking forward to seeing. And then I'm also going to review the Mighty Ducks television episode series on Disney+, Plus. the Dina- Mighty Ducks Game Changers. Episode 2 came out on Friday, so I'm going to talk about that. So spoiler warning for anyone that hasn't seen that episode episode. So, you know, let's go ahead and jump right into it. You know, for anyone that hasn't listened to last Friday's episode, it was a nice long conversation with my, my friend from high school, Wade Willis. So if you haven't listened to that show, you should check it out. We talked about, a uh, you know, tons of shit coming from going from football lamar jackson to basketball to ufc jake paul versus ben Askren. so we talk about a whole bunch of stuff so you know i think there's you know it's definitely a lot of sports talk i think there's a little bit of you know some star wars and talk about the gina carano situation so if you're interested for a good conversation go check out cali green monster show episode number 62 you know but for a cali green monster number 63 you know, let's move on to some new stuff. You know, before I go and talk about the NCAA March Madness, um, you know, the final that's happening today and the final four that happened on Saturday <clears throat> the fifth, you know, April fifth, it's actually a one month countdown to the fantasy football league that I put together. I've got a new fantasy football league. It's a dynasty league. And it's actually one of the reasons why I even have this show. You know, when I was putting that league together, I put a little, you know, podcast episode to kind of put some of the league information together for everyone. And I realized, you know, there's so much more I could do with a podcast. And, you know, here we are now, 63 episodes here in April. The show started in January. But, yeah, no, it's T-minus, now 30 days, May 5th, Cinco de Mayo, So for anyone that is in my Fantasy Football Dynasty League, you better start doing your research because, you know, this is going to be the beginning of a long, you know, legacy of fantasy championships. There's going to be a sweet trophy that we're going to buy. So I'm looking forward to having fantasy football back in my life and back in my life for 365 days a year. But let's talk about some NCAA football. The Final Four was on Saturday. The first game of Saturday was the one that I was looking forward to the most because my hopes of winning the bracketology of my group really hinged on Houston beating Baylor. There was one person that was ahead of me, and he had selected Baylor and Gonzaga going to the finals, while I had Gonzaga and Houston going to the finals. So if I picked Houston, we're no one else in my group had Houston in the final four. If Houston would have made their way to the finals and, you know, regardless if it would have been against UCLA or Gonzaga, I would have won, but it was pretty evident early on in that matchup. I watched probably the first five minutes and Baylor went up by like about 10 points. They just looked like the better team. Their backcourt was just nailing threes. And Regardless of how good Houston's defense was or had been during the tournament and they even had flashes of greatness during the game it was no match. Baylor smoked them 78 to 54. So they went to the finals and it was the only question after that was a matter of are they going to face UCLA or Gonzaga? I think a lot of people were just thinking it was going to be automatically Gonzaga rolling through. I, you know, I was one of those people. UCLA had a nice run to the final four, but I did think that they were going to be overmatched coming into it against Gonzaga, but they really took Gonzaga to the brink and really kind of pushed their undefeated season to the complete edge it took them to overtime and I even made a post on my Facebook page that the ending of the Gonzaga and UCLA game is one of the reasons why sports is literally the best thing in the world and one of the reasons why I get my ass up early in the morning to talk about it and be able to just you know have enthusiasm for something like I you know sure television shows are nice and movies are nice and shit reading a book is nice but watching sports like really can just you know make you just like have your jaw on the floor and go wow like so the ending of the ucla game if you didn't see it it's a it's you know it's overtime ucla is down by two points we've got about i think 14 seconds left on the clock ucla is trying to get a shot trying to get a shot finally drives in gets a shot off misses and gets the put back so there's probably like less than four seconds when this happens. Gonzaga just immediately inbounds it, gets it just past half court, and launches a far three-pointer, nails it at the buzzer. It was... It's one of the great NCAA March moments or March Madness moments you're ever going to see. You know, this didn't happen in March. I think it was April 3rd. Yeah, April 3rd on Saturday. But still, one of the most incredible Final Four highlights you're going to see. That's going to be one of those things that you're going to be seeing from years to come. You know, you know the Christian Leitner one is, is one of the most famous... You know, last-second buzzer-beater things from March Madness, and, you know, this is going to go right up there. So Gonzaga, they're saved their undefeated season. They're going to be meeting Baylor in the finals. You know, Gonzaga and Baylor were two teams that throughout the season, a lot of people thought of them as the best teams. There was a long stretch of the season where Gonzaga and Baylor were the two undefeated teams. So it only seems right that they're going to be meeting in the national championship tonight. So check it out tonight, national championship, Gonzaga versus Baylor should be a good one. So I had mentioned in the intro of the show that the UFC has announced a big, you know, a big headliner for their July 10th UFC 264 card. I don't know if they've officially set us the headliner, but I can't imagine one of the people who's part of this matchup taking second billing to anyone. So the fight that I'm talking about is the trilogy fight between Conor McGregor and Dustin Poirier. For those longtime listeners of the show, if you listen to the maybe the first 10 episodes of this show, it was around when... Conor McGregor and Dustin Poirier's second fight was going on, so you know I've definitely covered these guys. I was one of the people that Conor McGregor thought that Conor McGregor was going to run through, and you know was it going to? No matter how good Dustin Poirier is, I just felt like you know Conor McGregor's too many times in the past has called his shot and nailed it. So I guess you know I had the belief in him. I think I even went so far as to to disrespect Poirier and say that he was almost kind of like how in wrestling there's a there's a jobber or a lesser guy that you set up you know to try to help set up the you know the main matchup that you want so i almost thought that poirier was kind of in that jobber slot to kind of help you know build the hype for khabib nirvigamenov and conor mcgregor too but you know he kind of you know shut those plans down he chopped at conor mcgregor's front leg conor mcgregor you know someone who's usually a pretty fluid striker unorthodox striker just you know was leaving his league leg out there to get chopped down so no matter how good he looked in that first round you know by the second round he was in trouble and you know he didn't even get it out like he didn't even last 10 minutes with Dustin Poirier so Conor McGregor is going to have a lot to prove there's a lot of people wondering if Conor McGregor even still has that you know the that hunger that hunger that you need to have when you're a fighter, you know, cause he's, you know, he's made his money. He doesn't need to be fighting in the cage. You know, He doesn't need to be waking up. He doesn't need to be putting his body through this. He's got a successful whiskey company. You know, he's got a, a family that looks like he loves there were, you know, a very loving family. He's got another kid on the way. He's already got two kids. Conor McGregor doesn't really need to be doing this. And I think that this fight is really going to kind of let us know, what the future of Conor McGregor as a combat athlete going to be. You know, I even said immediately after he lost to Poirier that I thought that Conor McGregor was just going to be kind of like a like a sideshow fighter or just like a prize fighter, like maybe looking for fights like, you know, the Nate Diaz trilogy or trying to fight someone like a Jake Paul or trying to fight Floyd Mayweather again. And, you know, he kind of surprised me a bit by, you know, showing that competitiveness and wanting to get in the ring again with Dustin Poirier. You know, I don't know how it's going to be if he loses this trilogy because I don't know where that leaves him because, you know, that completely leaves him out of the lightweight title picture. You know, he's, he's already you know, not quite, you know, in the number one contender standing that a lot of people think he would be or that he, maybe he even thinks that it would be, you know, with this, they've already got another lightweight tilt to determine the lightweight, you know, interim lightweight champion, or I don't even know if they're calling it the interim lightweight champion or if they're doing it to crown the actual lightweight champion since Habib has retired and he has no plans of coming back. So the lightweight matchup I'm talking about is Michael Chandler and uh, Charles Oliveira. They're going to be fighting in, uh, in May, May 15th. I think that's UFC 263. I may be off on the numbers of the UFC, so, but, I think they're fighting May 15th. So, you know, that's going to be a sick fight. And a lot of people were wondering, you know, for example, why Michael Chandler got that slot since he only had one fight in the UFC and it was that impressive victory over Dan Hooker. And a lot of people were wondering, you know, Dustin Poirier should get that shot. And you know, from what I've heard, I, can't, I don't remember the source, or but I feel like I read on the Internet that Dustin Poirier was offered that fight. But he knows what the money fight is. It's with Conor McGregor, you know, depending, you know, Regardless of his recent results, you know, losing to Poirier, losing to Habib, losing to Floyd Mayweather on boxing, you know, Conor McGregor is still box office gold. He's still a guaranteed 1 million pay per view buys at least every time he's on the card. So Dustin Poirier knows. And especially, he's probably feeling very confident after that second fight in January that, you know, he has McGregor's number. I feel a lot of the times with UFC, I'm usually, especially with these trilogy fights, you know or rematches i usually like to be able to take the guy who last won so you know i think with this match unless conor mcgregor really adjusts his game plan i think i would have to go with dustin poirier considering that he looks he you know he looks so good the last time and he has been the most active fighter and he you know he seems to still kind of have that hunger of you know that you need to be you know a ufc champion you know i mean his his uh, hot sauce company I don't think is as lucrative as Conor McGregor's whiskey brand, so I don't think that Dustin Poirier is necessarily sitting on the laurels of being a businessman and the money he's making outside the ring. So, you know, I don't know. I think that it's going to be an interesting fight. It's going to be it's going to be one of the biggest fights of the year. It's probably going to sell probably the most pay-per-views in the year, and, you know, the, especially, you know, July 10th. That's are, are, They always like to put on a good card for July 4th. And, you know, I'm, I'm excited to see what they decide to stack that card with because lately the UFC has really been, you know, bringing some good ones. So I'm looking forward to that guy. All right. Let's talk about the Mighty Ducks Game Changers Episode 2. So if you are watching the show and <clears throat> or plan on watching the show and don't want to hear any spoilers, here's your spoiler warning. Get out of here. Holy shit. Yeah. I don't know, did I guess that wasn't an enthusiastic spoiler warning, but that doesn't mean that the show wasn't good because I am enthusiastic about the show. I wasn't that hyped, you know, when the show was announced. I thought it was gonna be very cheesy. I mean, it is kind of cheesy, but I feel like it's still actually a pretty good show. i It gets me to laugh. So, you know, in this episode, I think was all kind of centered around you know the main character new charlie's mom you know lorelei we're gonna call her lorelei i know that's not her name and you're probably like who's lorelei you know if you're if you've watched gilmore girls you know the main kid's mom was was one of the gilmore girls so and her name was lorelei so she is still lorelei to me i have no idea what her name is in the show we've probably heard it a bunch of times it might be alex i think it is but I like Lorelai better. So she's the the coach of her son's new team, the the don't bothers, like the the reject kids. So it's just, you know, her son is basically the only one that, you know, knows how to play hockey. And he was cut from the duck. So that just kind of gives you, I don't know, the outlook of how good this team could realistically be. Most of these kids don't even know how to play hockey. I think they just liked. <clears throat> New Charlie's speech in the lunchroom and we're like, hey, I think I can join this team. And so the for the first practice, you would think that, all right, we got to get these kids on the ice and teach them to even like how to skate, maybe even actually how to pass a puck or shoot a puck or something. But no, New Charlie's mom is just like, we're going to do bonding exercises and like, you know, hey, pass the puck around and talk about like things that people don't know about you. And it was just... You know, it was very cringy. It was very, like, dude, there's no way a hockey coach or, you know, especially for a team that's, you know, try is playing competitive club hockey in Minnesota. You would assume that they would, you know, try to, like, give a shit. But, you know, that's apparently the Mighty Ducks way, and they're going to do something that they're going to do with the Don't Bothers way. And apparently the Don't Bothers way is just, like, suck at hockey because, yeah, like, Even new Charlie, he's just sitting there kind of like totally embarrassed by his mom and keeps trying to say things like, all right, let's get back on the ice. Like what a normal fucking kid would and or a normal hockey player. And his mom is just not having it because she wants to do trust falls and all these truth exercises. And it's just blowing my mind because I feel like they could do that at any time. Not when they have the ice time for two hours. It's like ice time is expensive as it is. And even Gordon Bombay, like when Lorelai, goes there and is like oh i think practice is going good like hey could you come like talk to talk to the guys like gordon bombay who's trying to take his nap during the two hours that they're supposed to be practicing is literally like hey if you go like one minute over i'm charging you for the whole hour so he's obviously charging them for ice time and they're not even using it so it's like if they want to do these bonding exercises they could have done it any fucking time other than the time when they're supposed to be on the ice practicing and actually learning how to play hockey and then when they actually get on the ice. She's like, we're not gonna use pucks. We're gonna use beach balls. And like all these other like bender ass jaloppy kids are just like, Yay. And like yeah, like they're like way too happy to be playing with beach balls. Like the little podcaster kid, he's got his jersey on from when he was a kid. It's 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 quite hilarious actually. And uh yeah, but he just looks like haha beach balls. And like so it's just like A total embarrassment. Like, these kids literally don't know how to do anything. I mean, the the kid from Canada has all the sweet gear. He literally doesn't know how to skate. At least, like, you know, the... The Magic the Gathering girl or the the popular girl, the skateboard kid, they at least know how to skate or at least move. Like, this kid doesn't even know how to keep his balance, which makes me go, okay, obviously, like, they need to be focusing on actually getting these kids to know how to play, like, let alone bond. It's like they could bond while they're on the ice, like, bond over learning how to play hockey, not bonding over, like, finding out that the Goldberg kid thinks that he's living in the Matrix, you know? while that's kind of interesting and I guess character development, it's like these kids need to be learning how to play hockey. And then they have like a pizza party where, you know, Lorelai's is like, oh, we're going to do things different. Like how teams usually have award ceremonies after the season. We're going to have award ceremonies before a first game. And it's funny because New Charlie is just like, mom this is so embarrassing like teams do not do this how can you give awards out for when we haven't even done anything yet and so he's totally embarrassed but all the other kids are super into it so he's just upset and he even tells his mom like like i don't know what this is like you think this is a team but like this is fake like, the kids on our team don't even have, like, hockey gear. He was mentioning that the goalie is literally playing with an oven mitt, and it's true. Like, I mean, the Magic the Gathering girl, her hockey stick is just like a, like a, I don't know if it's just like a broomstick with a boomerang attached to the end of it. And they're literally supposed to be playing legit hockey club team, start, like, I think in a couple of days. So they're completely unprepared. And it's not until Lorelai sneakily watches Gordon Bombay, you know, Gordon thinks he's all by himself. And it seems like almost every Duck movie, you're going to see the coach, whether it's Gordon in the first two movies or it's the the prep school coach and the third one, they always have to have their their moment when they're out there skating by themselves, and it's like, oh, okay, they're kind of relatable, or they really love this game. It's supposed to be a real touching moment. And, you know, so Gordon A has to have his moment where, like, oh, hey, he actually does have hockey gear, and he actually does play with the puck, and maybe Gordon does like hockey. Maybe he just doesn't like the overall sport sport that hockey has become you know and what I'm talking about is you know when he does notice Lorelai's there Lorelai's mentioning like hey I thought you burned all your hockey stuff and you know he's just being you know being an ass being like what hockey stuff like I did burn all the hockey stuff and he basically just has a conversation with Lorelai that he agrees that he doesn't like the way hockey has become that you know he he loves you know it's like he loves how hockey used to be but at hockey now has just become a sport for helicopter parents and you know thing they're not playing for the love of the game it's just you know it's just too uber competitive and you know so you're kind of starting to see the the ice on Bombay's personality starting to thaw a bit so it's only a matter of time before he decides to come help these guys and help you know and he already kind of starts to help by telling Lorelai like yo if these guys don't have any gear you know where you can find all the gear go to the Mighty Ducks practice facility they have a lost and found so you know he gave her the tip so gordon bombay's already helping he's already basically been more helpful than lorelei has been this entire time so they you know they go to the facility they get gear they're ready to go and even before the first game so now they actually you know actually have hockey equipment so they don't look completely like hopeless going into the first game Lorelai hooks them up with jerseys so they actually look legit but I have to comment the jerseys they get are like orange and brown which is like I feel like universal like these guys this team sucks. I feel like it just reminds me of the Cleveland Browns, and no one ever thinks of the Cleveland Browns in any, like, successful way or anything. So, I, I don't know. It's one of those things that I think some people might like, oh, I like the 70s retro look, but I felt like the orange and brown just kind of made it look like, oh, these kids suck, and it accentuated it. And right off the bat, you know, I feel like right before the puck dropped, they were almost kind of trying to give you, like, hey, this team, it's like they look like a team, they're, they got gear, maybe they're going to be able to pull off the upset. That shit did not happen. They just got wrecked. I think they got scored on in the first five seconds. The little girl who was announcing the game was like, I don't think I've ever seen a goal scored that fast. So, you know, I think the only surprise that I felt from it is that the other team didn't score as many goals as... as They should have scored more goals than they ended up doing. And, you know, after the game... You know, Lorelai's trying to pep up her team, be like, guys, it doesn't matter what the result is. It's not, you know, hockey's fun. And, you know, these kids just got their ass kicked. And her son, New Charlie, is just like, mom, like, hockey's fun. But, like, when you get your ass kicked that bad, hockey isn't fun. And he just, like, leaves the locker room and was like, we got to get better. And he goes on the ice and just starts skating circles around. And, you know, the rest of the don't bothers join him. And that's how the episode ends with them kind of, you know, with new Charlie as the captain trying to, you know, do drills with his with his new team and try to help them get better. So I think, you know, they did a good job of, you know, throughout the whole episode kind of showing that, you know, while Lorelai, her heart's in the right place, she doesn't really know what she's doing and that these kids while, you know, it's good to do some team bonding they also need to learn how to how to play hockey you know that was one of the whole things in the in the first movie it's like you know ducks fly together and they gotta you know they gotta you know learn how to play like like gordon what hans used told gordon is like you gotta teach him how to fly gordon like yeah he's gonna have to teach this new group of kids how to fly so i'm pretty pumped i think the show's really good and if you haven't watched it and you're a fan of the Ducks, I think you're missing out. I mean, and if you haven't watched it, shit, I just want to ruin the second episode for you. So, well, either way, I appreciate everyone that took the time to download and listen to this podcast. and takes the time to download and listen to any of these podcasts. So I appreciate it. You know, if you enjoy what you're listening to, be a friend and tell a friend. You know, and if you don't enjoy what you're listening to, you can just uh, pretend you didn't hear anything and move on with your day so until next time i am your host dean ryan coming to you from the tesla studios here in beautiful sunny san diego california have a great one guys peace